great. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Online Warriors podcast. I'm Nerd Bomber, joined by Tectic. Hello, everyone. And we also have a very special guest for you today. Now, you may have heard about PS4 Dreams, an amazing game that lets you create your own games, and the very cool Avatar The Last Airbender project that is faithfully recreating the show. The game's development has been chronicled on Twitch and YouTube and has grabbed the attention of millions of people. And as an Avatar fan myself, I just have to say it looks pretty darn awesome. It's exactly the game that we've all been waiting for. So joining us for an interview, we have the man behind the project himself, Elka Gaming. Hello. Hello. What's up, guys? So glad you can join us today. I am incredibly hyped about this game. It looks super, super impressive. Thank you for coming on to the show today. Yeah, no problem. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> so we have some questions for you today just to get some insight into your overall process and this entire project. So I guess we'll start with a basic question. What led you to start this project and why Avatar and Dreams specifically? So um, last year, around the same time, um, I was rewatching the show from Avatar um, on Netflix and um, shortly after that, the Dreams beta dropped and I couldn't have, I hadn't uh, had an uh, idea what to do basically in that game. Mm -hmm. Because in that game, you basically can create your own game. And I had no idea what to do. And I remember remembered the old PS2 games that were around and they didn't really capture um, the feeling of Avatar. And. Yeah. Yeah, basically, I started to begin to work on my own Avatar game with, with the idea to capture that feeling of being Avatar-ing. And I think it certainly does. Just watching your footage, it really feels a lot more faithful and kind of like you're in the show compared to those old PS2 games. Because I know I, I revisited those two and it just doesn't feel quite right. So what you've got going on here definitely feels a lot better than those old games. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> So what made you decide to start sharing the development process through streams and videos? And as kind of a follow-up, did you ever dream, pun intended actually, <laughs> that your project would get as much support and attention as it has? Absolutely not. It was just a side project to my normal videos uh, on YouTube. And I basically just did it for fun and to see if I could pull something off. And yeah, then it got all the recognition and yeah, I've never thought it would get that much recognition. And yeah, it's kind of incredible. So you've mentioned in several videos that the game will follow the progression of the show and you'll be able to relive the episodes from kind of Aang's perspective. Do you have any plans to continue past the show and follow the comics at all? Or are you going to keep it just confined to what happens in the show? So yeah, for now, we only concentrate on all three books uh, that were also shown in, in the animated series. And after that, we are planning to do a multiplayer. And after that, maybe we'll, we will try to expand the single player experience with the uh, comics. Yes. That sounds really awesome. I also really love the idea of using Momo as a playable character for puzzle-based challenges. What gave you that idea to implement that in your game? <laughs> I actually can't remember what led me to the idea, <laughs> um, but uh, I was remembering um, the puzzles from from the Tomb Raider games, and I always felt like there's something missing, like an interactive component. And yeah, um, Momo is always with you from um, from almost from the beginning uh, of the series um, all the way to to the end, and. It, I, I find this, found it a little bit funny that Momo can open doors for you, um, get keys for you to open doors and yeah, have switches activate and stuff like that. 
And it's also another interactive um, thing that you can do in the game. And you can actually switch to Momo at all times and run around with him. And yeah, that's kind of fun. Yeah, I think that's a super cool feature. Avatar Roku probably came to you in a dream state to get that idea. Yeah. <laughs> so there's an impressive amount of detail in the world you're creating. And you often kind of reference direct imagery from the show. But there's always going to be gaps whenever you're putting all that together. What's your kind of reference to doing that? And how do you justify what you're filling into those gaps? Um, that is a good question. Um, of course, yeah, we are using all the reference that we have. Um, but there are many, many instances in the series where we have to have some filler in. Um, we actually did some filler stuff for the Southern Water Tribe already with the cave level. <laughs> and yeah, basically it's just what would fit, um, what would look good, what would uh, fit into the universe and basically expand on the reference material that we already have um, with using um, assets that are in other places of the show and yeah, basically just imagine what could there be, <laughs> basically. Um, and of course, since we are, have a semi-open world level, we also have to imagine some stuff, but we try to keep it as faithfully as possible. Cool. Yeah, I'd say you're doing a pretty good job. I mean, even the parts that you don't have direct reference to, it feels like it would be part of the show. So I think you're doing a really great job there. My next question is, is there any plan for voice acting in your game or are you going to keep it mostly text-based dialogue? Yes, there are plans for voice acting. We actually have two of the original voice actors already for the project. That would be uh, Toph and Azula, so Michaela Murphy or Jesse Flower, and uh, Great Little uh, Griffin. <laughs> And yeah, they are interested in the project and I'm regularly chatting with them and other actors are actually interested too, but we have to have some legal stuff that we have to figure out before that. Um, and actually, before we even have to start voice, um, to record the voice acting, we have to have all the text dialogue ready first. So we have all the references and we can record everything in one go. That's super awesome. It's really cool that you were able to get some of the original voice actors. I think that's probably one of the, the dreams come true because even going back to the PS2 games, I feel like the the voices were a little off sometimes. And I know they even implemented Avatar in Smite and the voices just don't quite sound the same. So it'll be really cool to actually hear those original voice actors in there. Yeah, definitely. That kind of segues nicely into my next question. So did you reach out to them or did they reach out to you or... Did the show's creators reach out to you slash Nickelodeon to kind of get that to happen or just to talk about the game in general? Um, so originally I contacted the Team Avatar voice actors. So um, basically Aang, Toph, uh, Sokka and Katawa. And Toph actually answered me and was super hyped about it. And for Azula, she actually contacted me on Twitter. So that's really cool too. And yeah, and what was the second part of the question? <laughs> Sorry. Has the show's creators contacted you as well as oh, yeah. Nickelodeon? Um, no, they haven't contacted me yet. So, yeah, I tried to contact them, but they didn't answer me. And yeah. I'm glad you I said yet. That, that really yeah. excites me. <laughs> but um, in recent news, the official Avatar YouTube channel that was made like four months ago um, actually commented on another user that they are really excited about the project. So that's cool. That's really awesome. So hopefully... Maybe they'll be able to get in touch with you soon and kind of help out with some of getting some of the other voice actors and stuff on board. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So you've been doing this for just under 100 days now about. 
What has been your biggest surprise and challenge along the way? Mainly keeping the motivation up and also um, there are always moments where you get stuck in some level or don't know how to continue it or to finish some level and it's, it's kind of difficult to find another place where you can work on to basically keep your mind off that level so you can um, get some ideas how to end it and yeah that is some most challenging part but as of now we could figure out some cool ways to basically get around that um, for example for the fire nation ship that you can explore in the southern water tribe we literally got really stuck there and i started to work on the 3d world map um, to get some ideas for the end and that worked out greatly the world map turned out extremely cool and i actually flew through that with upper in vr yesterday so that's really cool too that's awesome Yeah, the, um, actually, yeah, I just remembered that the VR support finally got rolled out for Dreams. So that's pretty yeah. awesome that you can actually experience the world too in VR. Yeah, it's extremely cool to see it in real scale and go head to head with Aang and see him. Yeah, it's really cool. Awesome. So this has inspired a lot of people to check out Dreams for themselves. Any advice for the people just starting out? Oh yeah, um, definitely don't do, uh, don't start a big project like this um, <laughs> if you just start out <laughs> um, because we basically had to rework all of the game this year um, to account for all my mistakes that I made in my early dreams days. And yeah, start with a small project, definitely do the amazing tutorials that Dreams provides. And if you search for help, um, the Dreams community is always there. Very awesome. So kind of moving away from the game for a little bit and getting more general. So you're obviously a huge Avatar fan. So just a little quick question about the show. Who is your favorite character in the show? <laughs> My standard answer to that is Momo. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, um, after that, if we speak of like real characters, I would say Iroh. General Iroh, good choice. Yeah. <laughs> he, he definitely drives a huge amount of growth for Zuko and you can't I think everyone universally loves him as their favorite character. So I support yeah. that decision 100%. <laughs> so that said, if you can choose any element or sub-element to bend, which would you choose? Um, I think I would choose fire just because it looks cool, <laughs> not because it's really functional. But yeah, after that, maybe earth because you can actually do stuff with it. But yeah, fire is pretty cool. So I initially wanted to do fire as well because, yes, it's absolutely awesome. But for me, I think I would default to earth bending once I found out that lava bending was a thing. So you kind of get the yeah. best, best of both worlds. <laughs> so as we're kind of heading towards the end of our interview here, what is the best way for people to help you out with this project specifically? Should people support you on Patreon? Should they buy merchandise? Currently, the best way is to support me on Patreon or just watch the YouTube videos or watch the streams because that's always awesome if there are new people and uh, providing us or the team with some feedback or some tips or some ideas. Okay. So that said, last but not least, where should people look for you online? And to the folks listening, we will link it down in the episode description. So you can find me on YouTube at Aika Gaming. Um, or just search for Avatar game. It should put, pop up nowadays. And yeah, I also stream all my progress live on Twitch at Alka underscore gaming. And I'm also on Twitter at Alka underscore gaming. So yeah. Awesome. It's all my main platforms. 
So we just want to thank you again for coming on the show and taking the time to talk with us. Your project is super cool and has obviously resounded with thousands, if not millions of Avatar fans. And we really look forward to seeing how it all continues to develop. And it just looks super cool. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. Okay, we want to thank Alka Gaming again for sitting down and talking with us and, and for just going through that interview process. And now we are going to get back to our regularly scheduled programming. And I am a Legal 86. Uh, I was not with you for that last segment, but I am back again now to run you through what from here on out will be a typical episode of programming in, in some sense. But uh, we also have some special stuff to talk about. I am, of course, joined by Nerd Bomber and Tactic, who you just heard from. Say hello again to the peeps. Howdy. Welcome back. It's good to be back uh, on my part. You guys have never never left. As I mentioned, a big episode today, not just because you just got some interview content, but also because we have to talk about the Xbox Showcase. Of course, this happened last Thursday, and we're going to try and hit a lot of the high points. I mean, there was a lot of games on this list. We'll, we'll get some general thoughts. We'll, we'll get some thoughts on each of these games. And then, of course, we also have to talk about Comic-Con at Home, uh, which took place this past weekend and in fact was something of a dud and we'll we'll touch on that but we'll start at the start with the xbox showcase and i guess you know before we, we dive into each of these games because again as i mentioned there's a long list i, I want to get your guys i think we can start with general opinions you know either relative to the playstation event that happened previously earlier in the summer or just in general what was your takeaway from this this is this is supposed to be microsoft kind of planting their flag and saying this is this is our stuff and we're proud of it and this is where it's going to be so yeah i mean w- we can start with tactic i mean what what did you think here so overall it was kind of underwhelming i i think definitely playstation really showcased what's up and coming and and geared its fans to really be excited for the next console that said there was not no excitement because as everyone who is a halo fan can agree that game looked awesome and we're going to delve into that a little bit more in a bit but that and like two other games was basically all that really excited me everything else was just kind of fluff that doesn't drive me to get a new console because as they have stated before all of these games will be available on the xbox one so i'm i just not nothing really to to really leverage the graphics that are available on the new console and all in all, just kind of disappointed. Nerd Bomber, any, any dissenting? I feel like you might agree, but any dissenting take on that? So for me, this Xbox showcase, it really needed to blow us out of the water, in my opinion. I mean, Xbox got handily beaten in terms of first-party exclusives by Sony this entire current console generation. And one of the things that I thought they really needed to come out and show us was a bunch of first-party exclusives. And they did show us some, but something felt a little underwhelming. There was really not that moment of, oh my gosh, I super duper need that game like I had with Ratchet and Clank and Horizon and... Miles Morales. Yes, thank you. Um, and, And like they showed teasers for games but these games are like there was no gameplay attached to some of these teasers and the games aren't really even promised for another couple years there was nothing super compelling me to buy the actual console and as Tectic mentioned because all of these games are coming to game pass which is now going to be bundled with xcloud and a lot of the games at least for the first couple year or two of the xbox series x release window are going to also come to xbox one I still don't really feel a reason like I need to go out and run out and buy the Series X on day one. And 
I'm starting to think that's not really their angle. And from a lot of interviews that I've seen from like Aaron Greenberg and some of the Microsoft execs, I don't think that's what they care about at this point. I think they're trying to show that Game Pass is a great value. And I mean, seriously, every single game we saw in the showcase, if you're a Game Pass member, you get to play that for free. I mean, you have to pay your subscription fee, but like you get to play it for free. So I think they're just trying to get people into that Game Pass ecosystem. And from that perspective, I think they're doing a good job because I did. I looked at all of these games and even the ones that I was kind of like, mm, I don't know if that's really in my wheelhouse. Like, I'm not super pumped about it. I'll still give it a try if it's on Game Pass. Yeah, I kind of I'm really glad that you said that because the Xbox ecosystems, it's not just Game Pass, right? It, it's your Xbox Live account. So I think they're banking on more of the quantity of subscription services to really drive their profit venue as opposed to just console sales. The only thing that I do have to say, though, is that if you don't have people in your ecosystem and you don't have those console sales, and I know Game Pass is on PC now, too, so that's a chunk of the pie. But if you don't have people on your console, then those subscriptions are going to drop off. No matter how good of a value Game Pass is, if nobody is buying into your console, then who are you selling that to? Well, that's the thing. They can buy the cheaper Xbox One to get their feet wet, so to speak. And then as the Xbox Series X comes down in cost, well, they're, they're already locked into that ecosystem and there's another headcount. So I can kind of see their their business plan. I think I agree with, and this is the danger of going last in the rotation of saying general thoughts. I, I wish I could argue with anything you guys just said, because for one, that would make more interesting listening. But I agree with pretty much all of it. I was handily not impressed by this showcase. I, I, w- I want to say too, uh, just to make sure I don't discolor any of my future remarks. Like Nerd Bomber and Technic will tell you, I am not a fanboy. Like I've had across all generations, I have had various different, I've I've had an Xbox one. I've owned an Xbox 360. I've owned a GameCube. I've owned, uh, I now own a switch. You know, I'm a free agent uh, in in this, in this whole thing. I have a PS4, but it doesn't mean I'm going to get the PS5 automatically. You know, I think the exclusives for the PS5, five event were just so much more enticing to me personally you know i i think xbox did have some exclusives i agree with you nerd bomber that they didn't show enough and and, and we'll get to that again but i also agree that i think game pass is where they're really planning planning to put put their weight into that more and, and i've actually seen conflicting stuff and we spoke earlier in the week i've seen conflicting reports of you know take avowed for for example it's one of the games we're going to talk about in this showcase and uh, they said it would be available on Game Pass for both Series X and Xbox One initially, I believe. Uh, they have since walked that back. And, that, and that's actually been the case for a number of these games. They've, they've removed any mention of Xbox One from the websites. So it's, it's unclear. It seems like they're dancing a little bit around what games will be available on Xbox One and what ones won't. And also, for the record, they're also dancing around when certain games are even going to come out. You know, For example, Avowed does seem like it's at least a year off based on the trailer and based on what we've, we've heard about it. But it's it doesn't excite me and, and and another big thing with a showcase like this if i show up to a showcase to watch a bunch of trailers for games and granted they are trailers most of them don't feature gameplay at this stage but i want to see some darn impressive graphics and there was really one instance in all of these games that we're going to talk about where i even noticed that the graphics were good or better than i would have thought whereas in the, in the ps5 event I feel like I noticed it a lot more and and maybe that's my bias speaking, but maybe you guys can correct or, or confirm what I've said. But to me, that's important when, when, when you're talking about a $500 piece of hardware. And I know you just said, you know, 
for Microsoft fans, the Xbox One can probably hold you for a while. For me and for people who are standing outside the Xbox ecosystem, that's not a that's not a factor. So I'm just deciding which of these $500 things do I want to buy. And they might be $600. And looking at that and seeing what I see from these games, the choice is very clear. But I don't know. Do you guys want to get into some of these games? Yeah, let's do it. Let's 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 dive in where you know we're going to start. Halo Infinite needs to be discussed. And and tactic, I have to dissent with you here. This is this can be a kind of an argument point, I guess. You said that it looked great. Um, it looked fine. It it did not surprise me at all. Graphically, it was okay. Gameplay wise, except for the little whoosh thing, the little the rope thing hasn't always been in there, right? The scorpion, get over here. Yeah, that's new. That's new. That was pretty cool. But like other than that, it it is exactly the Halo, and you know Halo fans love that. Halo fans see that and they're like, it is the Halo I know and love, and I'm gonna buy this. See, but on release day, I, I already have to challenge you. So it's Go not it. it's it's not just the Halo that they know and love. It's it's almost like a more of an open world Halo, which for that it excites me because the the Halo lore has always been this expansive universe, but you just, you kind of walk through the story. You couldn't really go back to worlds, right. go forward. Now the map is is your oyster. I, I know that's not a saying, but it's there somewhere. Oh, and yeah. it allows the players to, you know, circle back and really, really expand and explore these immersive worlds. And, and that's a fun new take on Halo. And that's something I can really, really appreciate. See, for me though, unless they implement it in a way that Gears did, I don't know if that excites me. I'm very firmly in the camp that I have open world fatigue. And I really appreciate the really simple linear story. Like, I, I love that. That's part of the reason why when we were going... <laughs> I was actually going to say the same thing. When we yeah. were going through the Halo replays recently, like, I enjoyed taking a breath away from all of these expansive open world games that take me, like, 60 plus hours to complete. And just sitting down for something that's a 12-hour experience and having a blast doing it. So I'm a little worried how they're going to implement that. And it is new and interesting and innovative. So yes, that's a a surprise that I wasn't necessarily expecting. But I don't know if that was a positive thing for me. And I know the graphics kind of looked a little iffy. They said it was like an early build. And I think they even they said they were playing it on a PC that mimicked the Xbox Series X specs. But like they didn't look that impressive. So I, I think I agree with what you said about about the open worldliness i mean i just experienced that with the last of us too where and that's not even open world that's like occasionally they would give me a choice to go one way or another and i'd be like oh jeez, because like i'm also kind of a, perf- a perfectionist a completionist if you will so that annoys me and we talked in the past about the last of us and how they were going to have you know no playthrough be the same that you couldn't get enough resources to do everything and that bugged crap out of me but i don't know the the open worldliness that they displayed in this gameplay trailer they what are they they basically showed like three different turrets you had to go take out right and they showed them on a map but to me that wasn't uh, i'm not even sure if calling that open world is accurate and maybe they've said open world in other forums that i'm not aware of but like that was more like okay you're on this planet go take here's three locations you have to go to and do and then we'll take you to another planet and you can't come back is i don't know maybe i'm maybe i'm wrong but either way i wasn't it kind of glazed over me i wasn't actively impressed by it the graphics i think were they were fine again they I wasn't upset by it. I think a lot of people were upset by them. I wasn't upset by them, but it's also kind of just because I didn't really care. <laughs> I'm not going to trash the graphics just because they kind of said, hey, you know, we're trying to mimic it. This isn't the final cut. So I'm going to give them a right. pass on, on, on that one. But as far as what the game includes and the potential storyline for who the villain is, I'm, I'm for it. I mean, it looks like it's going to be the standard 
fun Halo game. You get to kill a lot of grunts. Those are the best to kill. Um, and have a good time. Specifically right. with the sticky grenades. Can't get enough of those and, stickies. And Halo, like, Halo's, I, I have to acknowledge that they're in a tough spot because I'm sitting here saying, I want something that surprises me. I want something innovative. But at the same time, Halo is, like, the tried and true formula. Yeah. Like, they've, ex- the they've tried it a little bit. Yeah, they've messed with it a little bit with like reach and stuff where you could get the jetpack. But like at the end of the day, Halo has to be Halo, and I'm I'm well aware of that. It just I don't know. It, it, this might come down to personal preference. Like if you told me what's more exciting, Halo, which I have played many Halo games, or Spider Man, which only I've played the one game, but like I would say Spider Man for sure because it just I don't know that just so, that experience has grabbed me so much more. That's why as we continue to go through this, there there were some original titles and that's where you got to appreciate those things. You have to understand, right? This is a a massive story. They got to stay true to it sometimes. So again, th- right. these are these are things that I really don't want to call them negatively out for. Um, and then I really want to focus on the the new universes that are being developed right before our eyes. Which let's that brings us. Let's talk about a trailer that was actually in the pre-show that I know Tactic you were particularly into. Balan Wonderworld. Okay. Um, which, yeah, I'll, I'll give you the floor for this. I have thoughts, but I think you have more. So, so one of my absolute favorite games ever, ever, ever was Sonic Adventure Battle 2. Played as a kid, played as an adult, loved the snot out of it. And the creators of that game had also created this game. So rightfully so, you get hardcore Sonic vibes. But you also get, for me, I got Sonic meets Mega Man meets Kirby meets the theater. And so... And and it, and it's kind of a play on on you know when people people's emotions and and personifying their inner feelings or their inner darkness and, and bringing it forward and, and shining a light on it or a stage light so to speak and I thought that was a really powerful metaphor I thought the game looked exciting and playful and and had a lot of the different elements um, that allow characters to get different unique experiences based on what costumes they play in, kind of like Mega Man or Kirby and things like that. So a unique title with a lot of different opportunities to try new things, and I'm here for it. I mean, I was definitely here for aspects of this. This this one was a mixed bag for me. I, having had no experience with Kirby, I have had experience with Sonic, but it's very limited. I moved to more general, like it looked like a platformer with, with specific worlds, much in the way of like Mario or going way back Banjo-Kazooie. And I'm for that. You know, I, I think my recent playthrough of Luigi's Mansion, which is kind of similar in structure, or at least as far as I can tell from this trailer, like I think games like that need to exist more than they do and, and more than they currently do. And I think this is a step in that direction. The, 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 tra- the production, the, like the trailer, I felt like I was watching the trailer for a Disney movie and I, like I don't mean that in a good way. I I, I don't know. It didn't it didn't work for me. I, I, and if it worked for you, that's great. And I think it probably worked for a lot of people. I was like, <laughs> I I think at one point when I was watching it, I audibly was like, all right, but it's just a game. <laughs> like they're talking about like conquering your fears, and like, it's all very like high level, conceptual, emotional. Like conquer your fears and like find your true happiness. And I'm like, all right, but it's a it's a guy in a top hat. He has a top hat for a head. Like I don't know. That's just me, but Lord Bomber, what was your what was your take on this one? I mean, I really, I guess I didn't really have too much of an opinion one way or another. Tactic was super into it while we were watching this showcase, and like it looked pretty cute. It looked kind of like Kingdom Heartsy slash Sonicy mixed together into one, but like it's not. 
I, I don't want to say it's not in my wheelhouse because I'd probably play it and really enjoy it, but I don't really, I'm not, I don't care about it one way or other. Like if it's in front of me, I'll play it. I'll probably have a good time with it, but like, I'm not going to go seek it out. So ch- chalk up one yes and two, I guess, indifference for that one. And that, that we allow, that allows us to move on to State of Decay 3, which I said before, there was one trailer that impressed me graphically and it was this one. And and granted, it was the one, I think it was right after Halo Infinite or thereabouts, and, you know, they're putting their best foot forward. Um, I have never played a State of Decay game. I My understanding of it is it's zombies. I can kind of almost infer that from the title, and then from what you see in the trailer, you can also kind of infer that. Although this is like a zombie, what, a zombie deer? Is that what we're dealing with here? Yeah, it looked like there were zombie deer and animals and stuff like that. I was getting, you know, maybe because maybe of the crossbow, but I was getting like Tomb Raider vibes from this female protagonist, and I was... I was into it. Didn't show any gameplay. It was a it was a solid teaser trailer that didn't really give you too much story either. But it said this is what the game is going to be. It's what this is what the feel is. What it's going to look like. And it was visually, I think, the most impressive one on this list. And and you can correct or, or confirm that as we move through this. But uh, tactic, what do you what were your thoughts on this one? I didn't care for State of Decay one. Didn't care for State of Decay two. I don't really care for State of Decay three. It, it just doesn't have, you know, I, I've kind of been spoiled with other great zombie video games where this one, in, in my opinion, doesn't really compare. Is it, would you say this is more arcadey than the trailer? I don't know. I, I've seen some clips of State of Decay gameplay, and I remember thinking, okay, that's not what the, what, the, what the trailer shows and what the game is might be a little discordant. I don't know. I've never played yeah. any of them. So I played State of Decay, and I... I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that unless there's major, major changes, what we got from this trailer is not what we should be expecting from the game. And to be honest, when I was watching this trailer, I was initially very excited. And then I saw it was for State of Decay. And I was like, okay, so this was just a CGI masterpiece movie. And this really doesn't have anything to do with the actual game itself. And so for me, State of Decay, there's just, it's like The Sims almost. This is like a terrible example, but it feels a lot like The Sims because you're micromanaging all of these different villagers or at least when I played State of Decay the game might have changed in the sequel but you basically collect a bunch of villagers you make like a camp and an encampment and you have to go out in the world and run various missions and basically stay alive it's more or less a survival game above all other things and for me Hmm. I don't really I don't dig that, especially because my experience with State of Decay was it was real time. So even when you turned your console off, the time and the game would keep moving forward. So like if you took a week off of playing, you would come back and like a week's worth of crap would have happened in your uh, game. And that's that's just not for me. I, I don't find that fun. I try to relax sometimes when I play video games and to feel like I have to check in with a game every single day is not very enjoyable. So but that is what Animal Crossing does too, right? One of the most popular uh, games of the year. Yeah, yeah. we have, our, our town is filled with weeds. But, like, you can't die in Animal Crossing. Like, if you leave it a- alone for a week, you're going to come back and there will be weeds. Big deal. You're not going to come back and find, like, half of your encampment died. So, it, it's so just... You have to, like, delegate villagers? That's not what I thought at all. At least when I played it, there was a lot of, like, you basically take control of different horrible. villagers and do stuff. And, like, you can per- you basically permadie. So, if you kill a villager that you put a lot of effort into and they permadie then that's that's it all of those stats and stuff are just gone and to me that's not super fun so i was stoked for the trailer until i found out what it was i'm sure some people will be very excited because it is a popular franchise but not for me i will say the tricky thing is and again this is a personal bias thing but like 
when I saw the PlayStation event, the games that impressed us the most, we said, were Horizon and Spider-Man and uh, Ratchet and Clank. All of them sequels. Mm-hmm. I had a similar experience to what you described with this trailer when I was watching. I was like, oh, this looks great. And then I saw the name of a game that I knew and then a three after after it. My interest level went down because I implicitly assume I'm like, okay, well, that means I'm going to want to have played the first two and I'm not going to do that. So like it's it just kind of, I don't know, that backed me off of it a little bit for sure. Um, but there are people who watched the PS5 event who probably said the same exact thing. So that's it. We're in a, living in a world of sequels. I guess I want more original games. Forza Motorsport is not one of those. Uh, we don't need to spend much time on this one. I feel like Forza is just the game that Xbox puts out to say we have good graphics. It's pretty. It, it I mean, pretty. it was super yeah. pretty. I would probably say this was graphically the most impressive if I cared one iota about it, but I, I don't. The only <laughs> like, thing, they didn't show a single person's face clearly. So I kind of wonder what the people look like in that game. Could be like a Madden situation where like Madden's got amazing graphics and you look at the faces and everyone's got like dead fish eyes. Probably. Yeah. Well, Forza Motorsport, uh, some some motorheads out there are probably really excited about that one. Driving simulator, folks. Not 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 me. I uh, haven't played a racing game in quite a while. Let's talk about Everwild Eternals. And I'm going to turn this over to somebody else because I'll just say this was this is not in my wheelhouse at all. I, tu- I almost tuned out of this trailer. <laughs> so I thought this game actually looked really interesting. Basically, it shows they start talking about nature. This game is from Rare. And... They start talking about nature and how you have to be in tune with nature. And basically, it looks like there's witches or something, some magical beings or elves. And they're basically interacting with all of the different animals and stuff. And that's pretty much all we know about the game, to be totally honest. It looks interesting. Graphically, it looks pretty pretty. I like interacting with nature and animals. I think it could be fun. But I literally don't know what this game is. I have zero idea from this trailer. And that is one of the things that I feel like kind of stemmed my hype a little bit for this entire event because I didn't really see enough. Like a one minute sizzle reel of a CGI trailer is not going to get me excited if I don't know what the game is. Right. So for me, this one got me excited. Interestingly enough, for those who definitely know, we're finishing up The Legend of Korra and the end, the ending season is, is very much in tune with the spirit world and being connected with the spirit world. And this game just looks like a very spiritual game. There's a lot of animal interaction and connecting and it even looks like there's little spirits floating around. So because we're watching that right now that is why i got excited about this game well there you have it everwild's eternals uh, go check that one out one of the ones that i i would like to spend some time on is tell me why and, and i have I'm, I'm conflicted on this one because as someone who recently played what remains of edith finch and i've played gone home firewatch bunch of stories story-based games like this that it looks i mean they didn't show any gameplay for this but it looks like one of those games where you're kind of walking around and just figuring stuff out right Mm-hmm. Uh, which is which is great and the graphics did look pretty good for this one i question putting this in a in a console reveal showcase games like that to me are fantastic i love them as i've just mentioned this showcased very little this this was basically saying this is a game that's coming it's going to be story based you might play it i felt uh, like the, that you know, for a lot of the up-and-coming games that we're going to mention yeah well, and we we can probably bundle uh, As Dusk Falls right in with this, which, uh, granted, As Dusk Falls was a very si- uh, different graphical style, but looks like a very similar experience where it's like, okay, this is going to be a game where you're going to be immersed in a story, and that's really great. Like, it's the narrative experience to be had with games like that and with the games I mentioned is great, but it's not 
you could play that on any console and your experience would probably be exactly the same i, I guess you could play that on the xbox one or even the xbox 360 probably and you'd be like okay this is this is what this is right so i just and- i i struggle with that so for me, I really enjoy these type of games, and especially um, Tell Me Why is from the same people who created Life is Strange, which was a, a huge hit. And so I'm super stoked so about much that about game. that one. I, I've never played. Have you played Life is Strange? Yeah, it's very, very good. I would definitely recommend. If you if you like that style of game, it's a great game. My, I wasn't as stoked about As Dusk Falls. Like the story looked interesting, but I don't know if I would jive with the art style. Like. I understand that it's supposed to be paintings, and I really dig the talent behind all of those paintings, but the fact that it's very choppy movement, I don't think that really appeals to me. Like, the story is probably good, and I'll play it anyway, but, like, that part of it didn't really get me, but I I kind of agree with you. So, like, you look at PlayStation and what they trotted out, and I I don't like to do, like, a tit-for-tat kind of comparison between the two. It's hard not to, though. But, yeah, PlayStation trotted out a lot of just very intense games. And I think one of the things that Microsoft has struggled with and Xbox in general is that they are very shooter focused. So I think one of the reasons why they pulled this into the showcase, both of these games, is to show that there is variety on the Xbox console. But these aren't like your top tier titles. And I got the impression because we already had that showcase from, what was it like a month or two ago, where they showed these third-party developer games that were going to right. be exclusive slash not exclusive to the Xbox. And it feels like that would have fit better there. I got the impression that this showcase was supposed to be like the giant major games that were supposed to grasp us that we've right. all been holding our breath for as Microsoft has acquired all of these different studios. So it felt a little out of place. I definitely do agree. But they look good. Yeah, I, and I I think as Dusk Falls, like you said, it, this it's kind of what I got from it more was like a com- it's like a, looking at the panels of a comic book, and I can understand how that could be really really cool, but I think I'm inclined to agree with you. If anything, that would just pull me out of the story. Whereas, tell me why it looks like okay, you're literally it's like you're playing a movie basically, which I I get something out of. So I have to check out Life is Strange. I've heard so much about it. Uh, it's worth noting at this point we're going to be skipping a couple of things just in the interest of time. You know, you all probably saw that there was an Outer Worlds DLC and Ori of the World of Wisps is being optimized for Series X, but we just don't have time to cover that. So we're going to move on to what, to me, gets the most fun looking award, and that's Grounded. This was silly. This is like, this is cartoony in a way that I don't usually jive with, but I was getting like kind of 90s nostalgia, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids vibes. Like, I just, I don't know. They, they showed a decent amount of gameplay that looked interesting and that you know i'm I'm into this one i don't know what more to say about it but i don't know how you guys felt so i also am very interested in this game the thing that boggles me here about its inclusion is that this came out this week if you have game pass you can play this game this week so (laughs) i did not know that like it's great and we've seen it before and it's coming out and we i can play it now but again this doesn't drive me to buy an Xbox Series X. But I agree with you that this really, it looks like a lot of fun. It it really gave me those 90s Honeys I Shrunk Their Kid vibes or like being kind of in like a bug's life, which I am really excited right. about. So like I'm going to play it movie. and it looks great. And I'm always down with Obsidian Humor. I thought this was probably one of the funniest yeah, previews out of the entire it, showcase. 
and now that i think of it they did say coming this summer and because of the jokiness of the rest of the monologue is like oh a game that's you know if you're looking forward to the big game look out for cyberpunk but this is a tiny game and then you know a lot of like jokes like that so when they said coming this summer i was like is that part of the joke because it's not or like but i i realize now it's actually out now and i agree that makes the move much more interesting in terms of like putting this in your showcase but uh, yeah i don't know uh tactic any anything to add to that one so for me, what the vibe that I got from this game is what I think is going to make this game really, really fun is the kind of the gift that it keeps on giving. So the detail that they put into it and the, the comedic introduction, I think that kind of sets the stage that they're going to have these little fun things that you keep kind of coming across that are in the background that you wouldn't really think of that are that are really enjoyable. So, for example, you're going to come across a penny right and but that penny is going to right. be used in a unique way where it where it's really really enjoyable or there'll be ridiculous things in the background just for comedic relief um that you're that I can't place anything right now but like you know when you see it, you're going to go ah oh, I lost that in the backyard that's hilarious that they thought of that and for that I th- I think this is going to be a really enjoyable experience right I totally agreed I I think if they are able to harness the premise in the way that you're describing, which is like, you know, there's so much you can do with tiny people in the grass. Like, what can you find, basically? If they harness that properly, then this this could be really great. And in fact, we could probably Google right now and find out what the reviews are, but we won't. I'm hoping um, that you at least walk past the quintessential dad shoes. You know, the, the grass right. cutting new balances. Whew, that would be I mean, awesome. you got to figure, like, I, when I was a kid, my dad started like a war against moles. Like there was moles everywhere, so we bought like mole traps. Just th- th- the possibilities are endless. Is, is my point. Um, I suppose it might be kind of morbid to like crawl into a mole trap and like see a giant dead mole, but y- you know, it uh, could be interesting. I guess is my point. Before we hit the break, uh, we're gonna go to one more, and this is one of the bigger ones we've already mentioned, which is Avowed. Now, I know nothing about Pillars of Eternity or the Pillars of Eternity universe. I don't know if you guys do. Nonetheless. The trailer looked really, really cool for this one. Again, basically, fully cinematic. You're not getting any gameplay here. You're probably getting... You're, I don't want to say probably, but you might be getting misled about what the gameplay is, similar to what we said about State of Decay. But I don't know. The trailer looked really good. I, I can't ask any more of that game at this point. So I don't know. Do you guys know anything about Pillars of Eternity, either of you? I don't know anything about Pillars of Eternity. I probably should, but I don't. I will say this was probably one of the trailers that hyped me the most, and now that they've kind of walked back on the website that this will be on Xbox One, I could see this being a game that would kind of make me consider buying the Xbox Series X because there's really nothing in this niche right now. There's a lot of like B games that have been coming out, but there's really nothing to fill that void left by Skyrim. If you think about it, like Skyrim came out man, what was it, almost a decade ago, if not more at this point? I honestly can't remember. But it's been re-released on so many systems, and there really hasn't been something new to just captivate everybody the way that that did. And I think fantasy games are super cool. I really jive with that. I mean, I guess there's Dragon Age, but I'm super pumped that there's a new IP and a new game, and Obsidian is really well known for having good writing in their RPGs and just doing a really good job. So I'm very excited for this. This is probably one of the games that hyped me the most. I just want to see more gameplay. And I hope this thing isn't like two or three years out because I have the bad feeling that it's like two or three years out. Yeah, they. what I've seen, they've, they've hedged quite a bit on, on when, it, when it's coming. But I mean, besides, besides Halo Infinite, of course, and like, I guess maybe Fable, this is one of the ones that it seems like is going to be, this is the one that you watch and you're like, okay, this could be a big deal. 
at least if you're me that that was the vibe i got whereas most of the rest on this list wasn't really getting that vibe tactic anything to add before we before we i mean you guys know me on on any game opportunity that i have i always go team mage so the second i saw him do his little handy finger finger handy thing uh let's not call it the handy thing um but (laughs) as soon as i said yes there's some magic in here i am i'm i'm into it and that that's all it took I'm, i'm an easy sell really well you will be sold it's just a matter of when so uh, we, we have more trailers to discuss, uh, but right now we're going to take our, our halfway point break. I guess it's past the halfway point because we had an interview at the beginning, but uh, we're going to take a break now. Shout out some of our friends. Before we do, though, I have to shout out our fantastic Patreon producer, Mr. Ben Checkness, who has been supporting us for quite a while now on Patreon. Thanks again to Ben. Uh, so Ben is a producer, so he gets this shout out. Uh, he also gets access to the monthly secret segment and vlog, and he gets input into the weekly game segment, which is coming later, hosted by Tectic this week. Ben supports us at the highest level on Patreon, which is the night level, and he gets access to all of those wonderful things as a result. If you want to be like Ben, uh, you're going you're gonna to want the night level. But if you're not quite as cool as Ben, we also have a Squire level, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog, and the Page, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment. We have another one coming out real soon. So if you're interested in giving back, supporting us, we love doing this. Hopefully you love listening. You can head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast for more of the details. Thanks again to Ben. We'll hit the break and we'll be right back to talk to you about Psychonauts. Hi, I'm Sunny Hepburn. And I'm Brandy Fleets. And we're from Book, Book of Lies. Lies, the podcast where we discuss liars, cheats, and thieves, scammers, and dirty, rotten scoundrels. You can tune in for new episodes every Tuesday to hear about another lowdown, dirty liar. And learn how to spot them. So that's Book of Lies podcast. You can connect with us on social media, Twitter at Book of Lies Pod, Facebook and Instagram at Book of Lies Podcast. Bye. Okay, Psychonauts 2. Now just diving right in i have not played again there's so many sequels here that i have not played the original so i'm like i feel like i'm just kind of swimming in a, in a very deep ocean i'm treading water but i've not played psychonauts one i love jack black not necessarily as a musician but just like as a person and as like a personality so when i saw him i was immediately more interested and he's a pretty good singer that's my takeaway from this one i don't know i mean tactic i think you've played psychonauts or you were so i'm excited a- about this I'm a big puzzle gamer. And so anytime I get the opportunity to solve puzzles and and traverse worlds, especially ones colorful like this, because, you know, it's always nice to have an awesome imagery to look at. I'm for it. And And I know I keep saying I'm for a lot of these games, but it's it's this diverse portfolio that I like to immerse myself in. And puzzles are awesome. So I I was very excited about this game and puzzle away, folks. I'll probably get lambasted for this one. I don't really care about Psychonauts. They're, the setting just doesn't interest me at all. So for me, I'm out. No, what is, I'm on Shark Tank right now and I'm out. What is the setting? Is is they inside somebody's brain? Why is it called Psychonauts? Are they in a person's brain or something? Is it, that's why it's so colorful? I think so. I never played the first one, but I think you do. You go from brain to brain and... I don't really okay. know much about it, but this looks like very, oh, I don't even know what it is. like era. a little is big like, world situation? Little big planet, sorry. I couldn't tell you. But uh, like, I, I like my 3D really. platformers, but this is not my jam. It looks very like 60s and uh, that's not me. A lot of color. I, I <laughs> gotta give it credit for that. My eyes were 
the lighting and all the color, I guess. But yeah, so, someone, and we haven't done a Twitter shout out yet. Someone, a Psychonauts fan on Twitter, come yell at us. I mean, at OW86. Don't, don't yell at, at me. OW, okay. Yell at OW86 and at OW Nerdbomber and at online, at, at online Warriors 1, if I could say that, about how Psychonauts is great and how we're idiots. You know, wouldn't be the first time someone called me an idiot for not liking something and it won't be the last. But so you know just, what? That's pile on. That's the one thing about Game Pass, though. Like, I have Game Pass, and maybe I'll pick it up, and maybe it'll change my mind about Psychonauts. Who knows? Yeah, we should... And let's put a pin in this for, for a future episode. We, sh- we need to, like, break down the whole Game Pass thing in more detail. Because, like we said, that's a big thrust of this, but we're being forced as podcasting journalists, so to speak, to, like, go through all these trailers and talk about them. And we're not going to have time to talk about Game Pass, which is, like, a huge deal. Um, so let's we'll put a pin in that, but... Destiny 2 seems like it should be mentioned here, both because it was announced it's coming to Game Pass and Series X, and also because they showed a really cool trailer for Destiny 2 Beyond Light. And this is one that I played both Destiny and Destiny 2. For a while, I was I was pretty, I was in pretty deep, especially with Destiny 1, like a little bit less so Destiny 2. But I really like Destiny, guys. I, I There was a time where there, you know, the grinding formula there was really good. And we've talked in the past, I think a fairly recent episode about how I... I can't sustain grinding past a certain point. I, I eventually just reached a point where I'm like, okay, I'm, I've reached a point of doneness here that I can walk away from. It's again, I'm a perfectionist, so I can't complete these games. I know I'll never complete them because they keep rolling out new things. So I just decide to move on. But Beyond Light looks like it's going to do some cool stuff. I mean, you have this new, I don't know if if they call it light, the stuff you throw and it makes these platforms and, and allows you to freeze enemies and stuff. But it, it seems like a pretty cool and pretty significant innovation on the typical Destiny formula, which is just, you know, run and gun basically. I don't have you guys played Destiny? I know at one point you did. I don't know how Yeah, you, we you played got. through all of Destiny One, um, and we basically stopped there and did not do Destiny Two. And like we thought so this actually really excited me to see that not only will Destiny be on Game Pass, because it's a free to play game, so like that doesn't really make me that excited, but the fact that all of the different expansions are going to be on Game Pass. And so for me, that's why right. we never got into Destiny Two, because it felt like, especially with Destiny 1, we were always trying to play catch-up. Like, I am one of those people oh, yeah. where I like to wait for the full expansion in a single disc to come out kind of deal. And so we we did that, I thought. And then as soon as we bought the collection for Destiny 1, like, the next expansion yep. came out. And I was like, damn it, I don't want to buy this again. So that's kind of why we never got into Destiny 2, was just because there were so many expansions. And I felt like... I would hit a wall at a certain point and I would not want to spend more money. So the fact that all of the expansions are now included in Game Pass, I'm super pumped. And I think we'll actually probably go back and play it now because when it went free to play, I was intrigued. And then when I saw the expansions were not free, I was like, meh. But now it's all free to me. So I'm going to play it. Yeah, the DLC churn in Destiny is pretty punishing. And and like... I had a similar experience where I think I don't I'm trying to remember we can't play the game at the same time but I also bought the collection and I'm trying to remember what expansions were even on there probably taken King Rise of Iron but then there was another one that I think like you said I think it came out afterwards and then Destiny 2 I mean Destiny 2 had a slew of problems if if we're being honest Destiny 2 I think a lot of Destiny fans I I, one of the uh gamers that I know and you both know Firestorm 501 from a previous podcast he's a huge Destiny fan and Destiny 2 he, among many other hardcore players, hated it for various reasons. And eventually it drove him away, as far as I know, from the franchise. They were just doing things that people didn't like with their economy that, you know, without getting into specifics. Um, I'm not sure if they have plans to fix any of that or make any of that better. But that's just things that I've read about on Reddit and, and various 
places. So Destiny 2 Beyond Light is coming, and as we said, Destiny 2 and all of its ex- expansions are also coming to Game Pass. We should spare a minute for Warhammer 40,000 Darktide, if only because the trailer was so dang cool. And I have to acknowledge that I was really into this trailer. It had this guy speaking in the background who I think was the guy from Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't know that for sure, but kind of like slightly British, very, a lot of gravitas. And then you see this kind of military setting and uh, they come upon this big pack of zombies and it was very cool, very epic. I loved the the environment of everything. And then they said Warhammer 40,000. And for not the last time, nor the first, I I thought to myself, what the heck is Warhammer? Isn't that the little plastic toys thing? And I, I tuned out a little bit. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm told by Nerd Bomber that maybe it's just a overarching brand for a bunch of things, including games and toys and books, what have you. I don't know if that should turn me off, but I don't know. Nerd Bomber, I think you felt similarly about this one. Yeah, I thought the entire concept of this, because it looks like it's going to, again, try to fill that void left by Left for Dead that really hasn't truly been filled yet. And I loved Left for Dead. Same. So I'm super stoked about that. And I was really pumped about this trailer. The Warhammer thing kind of turned me off. But honestly, I think that I want the Left 4 Dead experience back so badly that I don't care. And I'll probably end up playing this, especially since it's on Game Pass. For me, well, I have to sorry, see gameplay before I really even say that I'm stoked about anything. Because it just, it was one of those, this is a cinematic trailer. We're going to draw you in, but not show you anything. Right. Sorry, not sorry. Well, and when I hear Warhammer, I immediately think, okay, I'm going to be drowned in RPG stuff, which I can only take a certain amount of that before I I literally drown and I can't play the game. So that's a good point. Similar environment and ambiance, Stalker 2. And this is another one. I haven't played Stalker 1. <laughs> I don't know what Stalker stands for. Apparently it's an acronym. Uh, but this is like giving us kind of chernobyl vibes. Uh, Metro vibes, I dare say. I've only tried Metro for a very short time. But, you know, maybe it's just the gas mask, but I was getting that vibe too. It's it very is. dark. Stalker, uh, the first game, I think the full title was Stalker Shadow of Chernobyl. So you are spot you on go. with that. It's clearly going to be a shooter. Uh, but again, similar to the last one we discussed, it's a trailer that was very cinematic, showed no gameplay of any kind. I'm into it, but I want to see more. Similar to what Tactic said. I don't know. Maybe you guys just are in agreement there and we can move on or if you have something to add to that one. Yeah, I mostly agree. Uh, I played the original Stalker game and it scared the poop out of me. So I'm not super pumped about this just because as you guys probably know by now, I don't do horror games very well. And we <laughs> haven't even gotten to the scariest game yet. So. so yeah, for me, I don't know if this is my 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 thing but it looks cool and i'm excited for everyone because i know there's a lot of people who are waiting with bated breath for the next stalker now what is it that like when you say the poop gets scared out of you like let's talk about that from a physiological standpoint like what you get so scared that your stomach muscles just contract and the poop shoots right out or is it more (laughs) like that yeah (laughs) okay I wasn't sure if it was a stomach muscle contracting thing or if it was like it's like my entire body just tightens up in fear because i don't like it and then poop just happens right. man let's talk uh, uh not coincidentally let's talk about the gunk <laughs> um what, what a segue uh the gunk were at this point where it's a full departure from warhammer stalker destiny all that stuff and getting back into the similar realm of like psychonauts and even uh balan wonderworld we talked about or balan wonderland wonderworld i was right the first time which we talked about earlier this is getting into platformy territory kind of cartoony indie territory and i'll just say that there are cartoony indie titles here that i would play before i played the gunk 
if we're doing things that way i felt i felt i don't i didn't feel badly about this one i just kind of felt indifferent yeah th- this one just didn't really do it for me either i i guess i agree that's all i really have as far as my input for this one yeah like it looked yeah. kind of neat i can see this getting kind of repetitive i don't really know i feel like it'd probably be something that i would play and be like oh maybe this is cute and play it for a few hours i don't know if i could see it being a long game this feels like a shorter experience type thing but then again like i said i think i need to see a little bit more before i judge it either way i think this one suffered from being close to the two most memorable and and sandwiched with stalker it just it felt like it was an afterthought i mean let's talk about crossfire x because that's the next one on the list and that one was kind of the shooter that it looked super cool it actually showed off some graphics it looked like we were seeing maybe a little bit of gameplay it just this trailer had everything and this was maybe the peak of the event for me it was this or avowed i would say and i, yeah, I, I don't know couldn't how, agree how more felt. so I was excited when I saw Remedy Games involved because I like Control. I know you had like mixed feelings on Control, but I like Control and Quantum Break. Haven't gotten a chance to play Alan Wake, but I've always I had Control. I've had good experiences with Remedy Games, and there was something about the story. It didn't look like your standard shooter. It looked like Fate was involved somehow, and it just seemed like a really interesting storyline. And I like to have kind of a new story that I can delve in from an FPS perspective, and. I will say, like, Crossfire is a big franchise. It's not really big here in North America, but over in Asia, it's a huge, huge franchise, like, rivaling Counter Strike. I did not know that. Yeah, I think it actually is one of the highest revenue games, I want to say. I could be wrong talking to my butt, but it's like a pretty high up there in terms of sales. And so it's kind of trying to make its way into the West with the story. And I'm here for it because the story, like I said, the whole fate angle and trying to beat fate looked super interesting. So Remedy pulls off a lot of funky stuff with dimensional fate kind of supernatural yeah. stuff. So Remedy I'm doesn't make Remedy doesn't make regular shooters. They're like, all right, it's a shooter, but this person can bend time or like, I don't know, do whatever the girl in control does. Control is good. I liked control. Um, control is pretty intense. Yeah. So I will say that much. I guess to circle back on that. I couldn't agree with you guys more. I mean, this was the, in my opinion, one of the only ones that had kind of everything that you could want to see in a trailer. Like you said, it had gameplay, it had it had great graphics, it had action, it had story, I mean, everything. And right. this is what a console showcase should include. So Completely agreed. Microsoft, if you're taking notes... Your genre can be different. It doesn't have to be shooters, but you need to include stuff that shows the console. Well, it's like, it's one of those things where we talked a lot about all of the different franchises that have already been established and the games that we've seen in a lot of the showcase were established franchises. And so I think this is something like, yeah, Crossfire is an established franchise, but it's very clear that this is a new story that anyone can dive into. And it seems like a fresh and exciting just game that we haven't seen a lot of, at least not in North America. So I'm here for it. Can we just talk about the really slow motion X gonna give it to you in the background? He's gonna, he's gonna give it to you. I, I was, I was for the entire package, and uh, yeah, I, I think if I were to buy an Xbox One X, this would be, assuming, hoping this comes out at release, this would be my, my release title. I, I would think. Close behind that though is the medium, which this was very interesting because I don't. So, do you play the whole game in split screen, or were they just showing it like that? I, I was, I was confused a little bit by that. I love the idea of dual reality. There's a level in Dishonored Two where you have this 
never mind. I think you played Dishonored too, mm-hmm. where you have this like time shifty thing. It's like, I don't remember what it is exactly, but it's like you can move, you're in this house and you can move to like 50 years before and you can move back and forth between that time and this time. And it's, it's similar in that you're in the same geometrical space, but you're shifting realities in order to like hide from people and do certain things. So I was getting a lot of that vibe here and I was really into it, but I'm, I want to know more about how it would actually work. Would it be split screen the whole time? I really doubt it. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be split screen at all. I think it was this, just them demonstrating that the deltas between the two. So don't let, don't hang your hat on that because like I said, it makes more sense to show the before and after so that the viewers can understand it. But from a gameplay perspective, it just would make it not as clean and intuitive to play. And And even if they do show that, yeah, it's scary. Super I mean, scary. even if they even if they do show the side by side, I feel like that would only be like in small instances. It wouldn't be the bulk of the game because that would be super jarring to play. I don't think I'd be able to track two different screens. To be totally honest, yeah. Otherwise, it, we'd be all be enough. a lot better at screen cheating. Right. It will be hard enough to to. It's going to be hard enough to like track the two realities when you're on one screen, shifting back and forth between them. I would imagine that's was kind of part of this level of dishonored I mentioned, and it was probably will be a big part of this so that one looks super cool and then we of course will finish out with another one of the huge announcements tetris no just kidding fable <laughs> fable is another one that nerd bomber i think you played this one maybe you both did i have never played this one uh, i played through this, all of the fables the trailer showed nothing with a capital n it was just like a very generic cinematic that if you didn't as someone who's never played Fable, I was like, I don't really even know what's happening here. But You play as a, a toad. Deal. If you've never played this game, you play as a toad and you eat fairies. That's the whole game. It's hours of it. <laughs> <laughs> so I've never played it. Tactic has played it. Uh, oh. A lot of it's basically, at least the old franchise, if I remember correctly from watching you play some of it, like the decisions you make kind of drive whether you're good and evil in the world. And, and just so you guys know, I'm evil and I have seven wives. And so, like, I've always been very like intrigued by it, but, like, for me, I've kind of been waiting for it to be refreshed in some way, just because I think we talked about it last week or the week before. I, I like older games, but I also like taking advantage of new graphical capabilities. I have all of these high-power consoles, and I want to use them. So, I'm excited. I was actually very excited. I knew, I kind of had a feeling that Fable was coming, but I'm excited. I just wish we saw more. It feels yeah, like I, it's far away. So is this a remaster? Do we know? I think that they're going to reimagine the franchise because it's a completely new game studio at the helm. And from what it seems, it'll be like following. It's kind of like a reboot of the franchise, I would say, more than a remaster. Gotcha. Well, that one is obviously exciting to a lot of people. I know that's a very fairly big franchise. So that, that one's coming up. That brings us to the end of the Xbox event. I know, again, that we had to kind of lightning round through a lot of these so if there's any you want to talk to us more about or any that we didn't talk about that you want to hear our opinions on you can again hit us up at at ow lady six at ow nerd bomber at ow tactic and of course our main account at online warriors one right now uh we are we're in a bit of a sticky wicket we were planning to talk about comic-con at home and our time to do so is very limited so what we're going to do is we're going to skip what are you up to wednesday and we are going to lightning round comic-con at home each of us are going to pick one thing essentially that we saw or heard about in this event and just kind of kind of run through it and it's worth noting we might talk about this next week because comic-con at home also is seen by many as a significant failure it had very low turnout Um, we can probably dissect that more maybe next week or in a future episode or in a secret segment or something Um, but for right now we'll go around the table the the proverbial table 
tactic what 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 did you see what was your what was the big thing for you from comic con at home so i'm going to pick what i think you guys want me to pick and that is the snyder cut um superman reveal in the black suit and the reason why i picked that is because you guys are going oh how's that significant to the comics tactic and i'm going to say Wait, oh okay hold, hold, well, well, hold, hold on how was how that significant to the comics great question i'm glad you asked <laughs> um well, the reason why that's significant is because it really does stay true to the resurrection of Superman. So when, when he is resurrected in the comic books, he, he dons the, the black suit. And the other thing that's significant about that is when he died, his suit was totally destroyed. So it only makes sense for him to come back with a new suit. The, the dark suit, it helps him heal faster because it, it improves the efficiency of the sun. And it just looks straight badass. So oh, really, really... Oh, black absorbs more sunlight? Yeah, the, you know, oh, he transferred. I, I didn't know that. Well, I knew the thing about black, but I didn't know if that was why the suit. Anyways, continue. So really excited about that. And, and I'm excited about the level of detail that it really expresses that the Snyder Cut is going to show us. And it's kind of a sneak peek into that. And I'm hoping that as this cut continues to develop and comes to fruition, that there is a lot more of that staying true to the comics and, and having the true essence of what dc comics is so way to go snyder yeah and it, it did seem too he he seemed like he made it a point to say that he would not use anything from josh whedon's cut like nothing so i think people are really excited about this snyder cut thing i keep hearing about it yeah i hope it's not overhyped <laughs> josh whedon won't uh, none of his work will be involved apparently which is i can't imagine making another movie out of that was similar at all to the movie that i saw which was the joss whedon cut which was not good but uh people have high hopes so that that's coming the thing i want to talk about is uh, a new darth vader comic that was announced so so the rise of skywalker spoilers if you haven't seen it yet but also what are you doing go see it it's quarantine you've all kinds of time disney plus do it palpatine came back and that was a very divisive decision for a number of reasons a lot of people really hated that he came back from the dead uh other people thought oh well you know in Star Wars, no one dies, which is kind of true. Anyways, speaking at Comic-Con, uh, Greg Pak, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, teased a new Darth Vader comic series will tie into the Rise of Skywalker in a huge way. And he is tantalizing us, and that's for sure. Um, I guess I'm here to speculate on uh, on what, what that is. You know, how could it possibly tie in? You know, Darth Vader is dead long before Rise of Skywalker starts, but we also don't know how long Emperor Palpatine was working on his whole cloning thing that he's doing. I guess I don't know is, is my point, but it's very interesting to think about. So again, Twitter, hit me up with theories. I don't know either of you have any theories on it, but I thought that was very interesting to read about. So my interpretation of this was that it takes place in a time when he's alive and similar to the the Broadway Wicked, um, it's it's going to be from his perspective. So every villain, right? Every villain, no matter what movie, comic, whatever, they think that what they're doing is the righteous path, and, it, right. and it's the good path. And so it's always interesting to get the perspective of these these villains, because at the end of it, you, you really sit there and you empathize with them. You go, wow, I, I really actually understand that. And would I have made the same decision if I were in their foot? Or feet shoe in their f- shoes um, <laughs> i don't want to be in their feet <laughs> and Not me neither and it's that level of empathy that you get towards these villains that really kind of excites me for these kind of perspectives so i cannot wait to start reading this i'm very excited about it and 
I think there was a lot more that could have been done with Darth Vader back in the Dizay that they're going to do now. Well, it's worth noting two issues of this series, six part, six issue series, two issues are already out (laughs) uh, of this Darth Vader series. Uh, Apparently they deal with Vader meeting Sabe, who is Padme's former handmaiden and coming to terms with his own loss. But again, as far as how it trade, uh, feeds into episode nine it's it's as of yet unknown so you can be one of the first to know if you check it out nerd bomber we'll swing it over to you for our last comic-con item so my biggest thing and i think this was pretty hyped around the internet too was the reveal of the new mutants clip and it looked really good guys i don't know what it is about the new mutants but i had like no interest because it seemed like it was in development and release hell forever but watching this and the trailer that was released a few months ago I'm on board, and I don't know why this just sat on the shelf somewhere, because it looks really, really good. So, I don't know how you guys felt, but basically, I mean, you you see all the kids kind of honing their power, fighting some weird smiley face bad guys and a big ghost bear, which the ghost bear is actually pretty relevant in the comics, so that's pretty cool that they're staying kind of true to the comics, and it it just looked like really action-y, kind of scary. I think I'll be able to sit through it scary, though. And I'm very pumped. And they also did talk about, I know the director said that he had planned to make it into a trilogy. I don't think that's going to happen now just because, I mean, now Disney owns it and uh, all of the kids are probably like really grown up now and not so much new mutants. They they look like old mutants at this point. But I just I just want to see this movie and I I don't care. I think it's slated to come out technically still in August. I don't know if that's going to happen. All of the big movies are getting pushed, but I just wanted to see it. Like, release it on demand or put it on Disney Plus or something. Just let me watch this thing, man. I just want to see it now. I love Anya Taylor-Joy. I don't I don't mean I'm in love with her. I'm just saying, like, uh, having seen Split and Glass, she was amazing in those. So her as, as a leading cast member is enough, I think. And also the premise of X-Men, which rarely fails. You know, I'm, I'm on board with that. X-Men has taken a lot of missteps, especially recently with Dark Phoenix, but... I think people, the hiatus might actually get people ready to get back on board. I mean, with the franchise. The other thing too, right, is is this is a new genre for quote superhero movies, and I'm really really excited about it because it's it's something we haven't seen yet, and the level of detail that we see in this horror film is is astounding, right? You have all these eerie numbered graves, which obviously are quote failed experiments from other other mutants that they've abducted and this is a real take on on if super if superhuman people were in our society and and i know i've said that before but come on let's be honest if we had people with extraordinary powers it would not take long for them to be experimented on well i would argue that we would most people would never see them but that that, again that's a topic for another another episode so yeah that's again even broader strokes of comic-con than we had broader strokes of the xbox event we may talk about that more next week as i mentioned but for now in the interest of time, we're going to move on to our quiz tonight, which I believe is about Nickelodeon. Is that true? That is correct. So well, again, take it away. For time, I'm going to dive right into it. So first and foremost, what year was Nickelodeon officially launched? Who gets to go first on this one? Dealer's choice. I'm the dealer. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll go. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay, you go. I was first. about to volunteer. I'll, I'll, I'll volunteer. I have, a, I have strong feelings about this one. I don't know why. I just the number 1976 is like really just burned into my brain as soon as you said that. So I'm gonna say 1976. I was gonna go with 1975. Oh boy, 
I'm going to say, I feel like it wasn't around in the 60s. I don't remember it being around in the 60s. I'm going to say, I'm going to give you a you little You were alive window. in the 60s. <laughs> I don't know. My parents were. Um, I'm going to say 1979 because I think it was definitely around in the 80s. So I gave you like a small window ah, to geez. potentially get okay. it. All right. So Nerd Bomber nails it. April 1st, 1979. Wow. Oh, man. I was so close. Okay. Well, this is going to be one of those times. Okay, so it's been running for quite some time. What is the total number of programs that has aired on Nickelodeon? And keep in mind, this includes Nick Jr., Nickelodeon. Is this total number of episodes or like total number programs, of different shows? Different shows. Okay, so, oh, boy. Including Nickelodeon? I'm really glad I don't have to go first on this So one. does this, this isn't just Nick Originals, because there's also Nick at Night that pulled from a plethora of different shows yep. oh it boy. includes the ones they pulled honestly i'm just gonna have to take a stab in the dark and say like 250 oh it is higher uh i'm gonna be the jerk and say 251 so i just want you guys to know i i physically counted every single show on a list did you really yes uh it's 400 programs what so how long did it take you to c- count that uh, roughly 400 seconds <laughs> okay fair that enough that's a lot of dedication <laughs> it's, only, it's only like five minutes right ten minutes no eight minutes whatever that's Six five minutes. minutes more attention span than i would have had to do that okay so all right so t- it's tied up in nickelodeon's running when we were children a large amount of focus was put on sliming people yeah of course what was the first year that someone was slimed 1995 feeling no, really confident about this it was one. definitely before that because there was like guts and stuff and that was in the late 80s i'm gonna say 1985 okay so i was trying to lead you guys astray uh nerd bomber was definitely more on my scent it was the first year that they aired 1979 oh Ew. you it was in the pilot of a show called you can't do that on television you dog yeah you took us for a ride on that one i gotta give you credit yeah, I couldn't help myself. All right, so okay. it's still tied. So the longest running show on Nickelodeon is none other, none other than SpongeBob. How many years has it been running? I love SpongeBob, by the way. One of my favorite shows ever. I actually might know the answer to this question. Am I first? I think I'm first. And You're first. He's like 25, right? I can't answer. No, wait, am I, I'm going to bust it. I'm going to say, no. Mm, 25 i'm gonna stick with it it's not that many years uh didn't you want the year it started running or did you want how old it is i want how many years has it been running so oh, you, yeah, you take yeah. this current year and subtract it by the first year i'm gonna say 20 i think it's 1998 but i want to get myself some wiggle room okay so illegal takes it it was 1999 with 21 okay. years running yeah i was pretty close i mean i was three in 1995 and i remember i remember when spongebob first started off you know it was a great time so, i love spongebob to tie it up nerd bomber has to win this and i do not have a tiebreaker you all remember the show cat dog of course alone in the world with a little cat dog how many years did cat dog run for wow i didn't remember the song um cat dog I, i'll say it too cat dog was not my favorite show really not, cat not by dog. a long shot cat dog um I Boy, can I can sing you the song. whole song. <laughs> One fine day with Wolf and Purr, baby was born and cussed little stir. No blue buzzard, no three-eyed frog, just a feline canine little cat dog. Cat dog. 
cat dog. Right. Okay, you guys are ruining my thinking space. Um, <laughs> how many years did it run for? This wasn't that long. This is this is this is a paltry ten years. This is half of what SpongeBob did. Ten years. No way, not ten years. I'm gonna say one year and hope that oh. it even lasted a year. So you took the there's a good chance illegal busted tactic, and that was very wise. They ran Damn for it. seven years. Oh, oh wow. that's actually longer than I thought. I thought it was only on for like three or four. So well, you're the worst. For a while. And yeah. I need to come up with a tiebreaker. All right. Well, this is, and this, we're not cutting this. This is live. You're going to listen to Tactic try and come up with a tiebreaker right now. So you never watch Cat Dog, though? I watch Cat Dog. I mean, actually, I was I'm just going to, I'm just going to leverage off Cat Dog. Let's keep going. Okay. Let's, yeah. In that seven years, how many episodes was that? This is, this is a hard I don't know one. how, cho- I, I don't know. And Nirvana goes first time. I don't know how children's television works in terms of like how many, how often do they put out an episode? Cause you can extrapolate if you know that they're like, oh, it's one episode a week, but I don't know if that's how they do it. So I'm going to go, I'm going to draw off Avatar and I want to say Avatar's three seasons were like 20 ish episodes, maybe. And so 20 times seven is 140. So I'm going to, I'm going to say 140 episodes. Okay. In seven years, they had better made, have made more than 140 episodes. I'm going to go with 180. Okay. So you both busted. They only had four seasons stretched about this seven years. (laughs) Wait, so it was on for seven years, but it only was four seasons? Yep. So they only had 68 episodes. (laughs) You guys are the worst. (laughs) All right, tiebreaker round two. This is going to be the longest episode we've ever made. I think it already is. Oh, yeah, it definitely and is. This is a well megasode. We should have called it the megasode before this. Now people are only getting that at the end. All right, Tactic, let's wrap up, wrap, wrap up the megasode. Give us a question about uh, Hey Arnold. I would love a Hey Arnold question. Oh, yeah. That's, that's closer power. to my... Yeah, that would be good, too. Okay, we'll so my favorite it. show on Nickelodeon, and I specifically remember eating my my microwavable salted pretzel with american cheese on it while watching this Ew. was kablam okay oh, wow. that's a throwback show. kablam was a series of various animation styles combined together to form one show how many episodes were there best part of kablam by the way was it was what they called action team go all the action figures that was the best part of that show yeah also prometheus and bob prometheus um, and bob was my favorite Oh, man, this is tough because I feel like this one ran for a heck of a long time. But you you got me gun shy with that cat dog question. <laughs> I'm going to say an even hundred. Just a hundo. I, I have faith in Kablam. Dude, I feel like there were not that many episodes. Every time I watched Kablam, it was like the same stuff over and over. So I'm going to I'm going to go conservative and say one. And I know that's wrong. But I'm going <laughs> to take only that back. Made, made one episode. <laughs> OK, you're probably right. I mean, let's let's see what happens. So, good strategy. There was, God. again, four seasons with 48 episodes. episodes. <laughs> 48 episodes. All right. So, I wasn't even close. I Look, I have more faith in, in television show producers than I than I should have, clearly. But uh, I've lost again. I accept defeat. I uh, tip my cap to Nerd Bomber and Tactic for creating the quiz. And to all of you for listening. Uh, we thank you all for showing up for our discussion on Xbox and Comic-Con and Nickelodeon. And uh, next week, there may be more Comic-Con. There may not. I can't promise anything. I'm not in charge. But either way, we'll talk at you then. And uh, in the meantime, we hope you have a great week. See you next week.